Another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. ready for the word today. Last week, we started a brand new series called Restore Your Roar. And we talked about the power of boldness and the value of your roar. Okay. And uh, a couple of scriptures that we're using to jump off from is Proverbs chapter 28, verse one, that says the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. And that's you and I, those that have been made righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. We are the right standing. We are in right standing with God the Father because of what Jesus has done. And because we have asked him into our life to be our Lord, we are made righteous. So the Bible says we're to be bold as a lion. And then we looked at the early church in the book of Acts, verse four, uh, chapter four, verse 13. And it says there, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Now, what made them realize that these men had been with Jesus? It was their boldness, okay? It was that that quality, that confidence. And last week we talked about what boldness is, the definition of boldness being the willingness to take a risk. It means being confident and courageous. And the Bible has called you and I as believers to be bold as lions. But it's sad that sometimes through life and through taking a few L's and through going through things, we can lose our boldness or as I've been saying, lose our roar. And when we lose our roar, we're giving up something that is important for you and I to live in power. Uh, it's It's an important characteristic and ingredient that you and I need to live victorious lives. And so I'm not going to re-preach that. You can go scroll down on our Facebook page and you could see and, and listen to that message. And we talked about why the value of your roar or the value of boldness is so important. Today, I want to continue on in that thought. And I want to talk about the power of your roar or the power of your boldness, okay? And we're going to use those two same verses, Proverbs 28, 1 and Acts 4, 13. Again, but the righteous 
are as bold as a lion. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for everybody that's watching right now, Lord God. I thank you for this awesome opportunity that I have to sow the word of God into their lives. And Lord, I believe that this word is going to bear fruit in their lives and that you are going to restore them to their proper place in you with confidence and boldness so that power can be unleashed in their lives. I ask that you bless them today and I ask for your anointing to preach and pull down strongholds. In Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. So the power of your roar. Now, why, why do you need to restore your roar? Because there's power in it. And as we said, Proverbs 28, 1 compares the righteous to a lion, to, to be bold as a lion. I think that's interesting because Jesus is also known in the word of God as the lion of the tribe of Judah. There's something about the lion. And when we look at uh, the lion, you can learn some things about you and I. And I want to get into this this week and talk about this uh, <clears throat> so that you understand the value of your roar or the value to being a bold Christian. Because Satan doesn't want you bold. He wants to keep you quiet. He wants to keep you underground. He wants to keep you silent. And that's a, there's a reason for that. Because when you're not bold and you're not confident, you won't walk in power. So let's look at the lion, okay? We're compared to lions here in the Word of God. Now, the, uh, now zoologists have found, I was going to say the Bible, but zoologists have found that there are four main reasons <clears throat> that a lion roars, okay? Four main reasons for a lion to roar. That means there's four main purposes why a lion roars. And I believe those things have some correlating things about why you and I need to roar or why you and I need to be bold, okay? So let's look at those things, all right? The first reason that a lion roars uh, zoologists have found that their roar is used to scare off intruders. Amen? To scare off intruders. So when a lion is roaring, <clears throat> it's because he is trying to send a message to any threats in the area that he is large and in charge. And did you know the power of a lion's roar is so powerful it can be heard for up to five miles away. Think about that. Five miles away, you can, you can hear a lion roar without any amplification system. You know, uh, back in the day in high school, I had a buddy that, and, and, and some of you probably knew somebody too, or you had it yourself, that had four 18s in the back of their car, and they could throw on some bass, they could throw on some, some music, and that car can be heard for miles away. Well, think about a lion's roar being heard up to five miles away. And the purpose of that was to scare off anybody that could be considered an intruder. Now, listen, I believe we must restore your roar because I believe Christians also have a roar. Our boldness is, is a sign to demonic powers and our enemy, that they cannot come near our families, our businesses, and our dwelling places. Come on, somebody. I believe that when a Christian has a roar, 
it keeps the enemy at bay. But here's the problem. If you have no roar, the enemy many times will come into your house. He'll come into your place of work. He'll come into your business, your finances, and he will wreak havoc. And this is why it's important that you catch this word today. Because your roar, God has set it up that the roar of a believer has authority to chase demonic powers out of your families, out of your kids' lives, out of your business, out of your finances. But you've got to have that roar restored. Now, how, is our, how does our roar do these things? I believe our roar scares off intruders when we're in prayer and we're making prophetic declarations. Your roar is your voice. Look at Luke 10, 19. Luke chapter 10, verse 19 in the New King James. It says this, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. See, Jesus is telling us here, I'm giving you authority over the enemy. We're very much like a lion. We have power. We have power in our voice. But here's the problem. Some of us have lost our voice. Some of us have lost our roar. And the evidence of that is found in your prayer life. It breaks my heart when they see, when I've seen statistics that Barna Research has put out. And they're known for doing these polls throughout churches in America. And one of the, the, the things they found in a poll that was done a little, uh, quite a few years ago is, I can't remember the exact numbers, but that the majority of Christians that go to church confess to not having a daily prayer life. People, if that doesn't speak of losing your roar, I don't know what does. Now, maybe you're watching right now and you're going, wow, pastor, that's me. I go to church, but I really don't have a prayer life. Well, guess what? We've got to get you one. It's time that you understand why it's imperative and it's important that you pray. Because your prayers, your bold prayers, is a form of your roar that God has put in your life. See, we need to pray bold prayers. And that's why Jesus says this, I give you authority. I give you authority to trample on the enemy. So therefore, use your voice. Use your authority. When we pray bold prayers, we have the ability. Now check this out. We have the ability to partner with God in, in enforcing the authority of heaven on the earth. I don't understand why Christians don't pray. I think it's because we don't understand what God has given us. And there's this religious thought that kind of adds to, I believe, why Christians don't pray. And it's a, it's, a, it's a bad theology. It's a bad way of thinking that says, well, if it's God's will, things are going to happen. Well, if it's God's will, then my business will prosper. Well, if it's God's will, then this person's going to get healed. And it's kind of used as to say that we're just kind of living this life and God's got it all already planned out. 
But can I tell you something? Although that may give you comfort and that may seem like something that seems good, it's not what the Bible teaches. It's not what the Bible teaches. Jesus tells us in Luke 10, 19, he's given us authority to use. The Bible is full of examples of where God wants to work together with his children to bring heaven into earth, to bring God's will to the earth. You see, God's just not up there going, well, it don't matter what y'all do. I'm going to have my will. It's going to be what I want. No. You know what he desires to do? He desires to partner with his children. And that's why the Bible says, be bold when you pray. Boldly approach the throne of grace because God desires to work with you. This is why Jesus said, all authority I leave to you over the enemy. And he tells us to take that authority and use it. And then he says this, and nothing shall by any means hurt you when you're operating in that authority. So again, why don't Christians pray? What I'm sharing should excite you about your life, because here's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you have the power, the God-given power, the God-given authority to change things in your life that you want to change. That's what, it, it sounds like, whoa, what are you talking about? Yes. Did you know God has given us, through relationship, the ability to influence God and change outcomes in the earth? Listen. When you read the Bible, you're going to see many times where because of the people of God, God literally changes his mind. <gasps> oh, pastor, oh, this is this. Is good. No, no, listen, he changes his mind. And you know what changed his mind? The people's prayers. See, we've got to get rid of this religious thing. Well, if it's, if it's the Lord's will. If it's the Lord's will, it's going to happen. No, listen, God wants to partner with us. And I, I know it almost sounds like blasphemy. Oh, God, I can, you know, pastor, I could change God's will. All I'm saying is this. God wants to partner with you and he wants to hear from you. God wants you to use the authority that you have to be and function like your father. So when there's something in your life that is getting in the way of your eternal purpose, you and I have the ability to change it through prayer. But not weak prayer. Not prayer that is fearful. Not prayer that is doubtful. Only bold prayer. Prayer that has a roar. Oh, come on, somebody. Let me, let me prove it to you as we walk through this. So understand this. We have the ability to influence God and change outcomes in the earth. God responds to our prayers. His will is not, only, uh, is not the only will that's at work in the, earth or in the earth realm. So this thing of, well, God's just going to have his way. No, no. God wants to hear from you. God wants to know if you've got enough faith to believe in his promises to change your circumstances. It's, it's really a lazy theology that just goes, well, it's, if it's God's will, it'll happen. No, 
God wants you to use your faith. God wants you to believe him for great things. And we see it all throughout the Bible, even going back to the book of Exodus. Y'all, let me give you some examples. Y'all remember in the book of Exodus when God was so upset at the Israelites because they, Moses went away to the mountain. And when Moses returns, they had made a gold calf and they called it God. They literally called it Jehovah and they began to worship. It angered God so much. He wanted to destroy all of Israel. That's what his will was. But Moses interceded. And Moses said, God, no, you can't do this. What will all the other nations say? We didn't leave Egypt for you to just kill them. And through Moses' prayers, Moses' intercession for the Israelites, the Bible says this, God changed his mind. He wanted to kill them. But Moses' prayers influenced his will in the earth. And when that happened, it set a precedence. It set something up that you'll find all throughout uh, uh, the Old Testament that there were different times where God had something he wanted to do. But the prayers of the saints or the prayers of the of the of the people of God changed that. We see that in the life of Hezekiah. We see uh, that this is the reason why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. Y'all remember that story? God tells Jonah, I want you to go and I want you to preach in Nineveh. And Jonah says, no, because if I go and I preach the gospel and they repent, you're going to forgive them. See, what was coming their way was judgment. But Jonah knew I could change that. And so he didn't want to go because he wanted them to be destroyed. See, the precedence is there again, that you and I partnering with God can change things in the earth realm. Guys, prayer is important. Your roar in prayer is important. Don't just sit there and accept, well, I lost my job. Must, must just be God's will. No, get up and pray and use your authority and call in another job. Call in the right job. Listen, pray over your kids. Don't just go, oh, my son's on drugs. Well, I guess that's just, no, intercede. And even if judgment's coming their way, you could stop it with your prayers, with your roar. Don't have that lazy theology that says, well, you know, if God wants me to have it, he'll just give it to me. No, partner with him. It's what God did all we, we see happening with man and God all throughout the word of God. And then in the New Testament, we see it. We see it with the Syrophoenician woman. She's not of the Hebrews. She's not an Israelite. And she has a daughter that, that is, is possessed and has demons. And she comes to Jesus and she says, can you heal my daughter? And Jesus straight up gives her the will of God. You know what the will of God is? No. No, I didn't come to heal your people. I'm called only to the house of Israel. And through this woman's faith, she changes Jesus's mind. Remember, she had a no. You want to know what the will of God was? The will of God was that nobody outside of the Jewish uh, people were to receive anything from Jesus. Jesus came for them. And the woman makes a statement which shows her faith. She says, yeah, but... Even the little dogs eat 
what is given to the children. Eat the crumbs that the children leave behind. And that statement caused Jesus to change his mind. Why did it cause Jesus to change his mind? Because it was full of faith. It was full of faith. And so we see again through boldness and faith. She influenced the outcome in her world. Guys, that's the roar that you and I need to have in prayer. God can be influenced by faith. God responds to bold faith. We even see it in the life of Jesus, man, when he was at the wedding in Canaan. You you all remember this story? And And the party, Jesus hasn't really come out the box yet, right? And they run out of wine. They ran out of wine, which tells me this. Everybody was drunk already. And so Mary comes to him and says, hey, Jesus, you got to help out the bride and the groom. They're hecka embarrassed. They ran out of wine. And Jesus gives Mary the will of God. He says, Mary, it's not my time. It is not my time. My time has not yet come to do this. Therefore, I'm not going to do it. But Mary had a boldness in being Jesus's natural mom. And she said, no, you're going to do it. And, he, and she tells the, the servants, do whatever he says. And Jesus responds to her roar, her boldness, and changes his mind. Changes his mind to the degree where it was not even theologically right for her to do this, but God partnered with her roar. See, you got to get your roar back because there's a lot of things in life you're just accepting. There's a lot of things that God wants to bless you with, wants to provide you with, but you've just kind of sat back and you've lost your roar in prayer. It doesn't make sense for you to skip prayer when prayer is the opportunity you have to serve notice on your enemies. It's the opportunity you have to get the devil's hands off of your things, off of your family, off of your life, and bring the will of God into your situation. And yet people, Christians, don't pray. And if you're a Christian out there today and you don't have a prayer life, let's change that. Listen, don't feel condemned. Don't feel all bad. Oh, I'm a sucky Christian. I don't pray. No, let's just change that. Because it's time we restore your roar. It's time that you start looking at prayer different. Prayer isn't about getting before God and, oh, I'm all right, I got to pray. Let me do my religious duty so God's not mad at me. That's religion. Get rid of that junk. Prayer is about you taking control of your life, using the authority that Jesus gave you in Luke 10, 19. It's you standing up in, a, in bold prayer, a roar To say, devil, leave my life. Get off my kids. Get off my house. Let go of my finances. Let go of my promotion. Let go of my peace. I come against anxiety. And just like a lion roars to scare off an intruder, a Christian prays to get rid of demonic powers. Oh, come on, somebody. Somebody say, restore your roar right there in the comments. Because you've got to understand the power of your voice. I don't know how things are going for you in your life right now. 
But God has given you the ability through your roar, which is bold prayer, to change it. There's something in your life you don't like. You can go before the throne of God and you can influence the outcome. Listen, when we were looking for a building, we couldn't find anything. But I kept praying. I kept using my roar. And I would call in a building. God, I thank you that there's a building for us. And through that roar, the devil had to let it go. And then we got the building. And then we didn't have the money to keep it. And we had to go before the Lord again and roar. God, send the finances. And these finances came in from all over the world because of the roar of the saints. What would God do in your life if we could unleash that roar, if we could restore that roar in your prayer life? Amen? Think about that for a moment. Let me give you another scripture right here. This one's found in Mark eleven twenty four 24 in the Passion Translation. It says this, this is the reason I urge you boldly, believe for whatever you ask in prayer. Be convinced that you've received it and it will be yours. Y'all see that? It says, I urge you to boldly believe. Remember that boldness, that's our roar. Boldly take it to prayer. Boldly take it to prayer when the doctor says, you know what, I'm sorry, but you're not able to have a child. Boldly take it to prayer and change the outcome. The doctor says, I'm sorry, but you have this diagnosis. It's cancer. It's this. Take it to prayer boldly with your roar. And let's get those intruders out of our lives. Give me a good amen in the comments there. This is, this is better preaching than you're letting on right there. So, so that's the first reason that a lion roars, to scare off intruders. And so our roar is to be used to get the devil's hand off our lives through prayer and through our prophetic declarations in prayer. Amen. Let's go to number two. Number two, the second reason that zoologists say that lions roar is to warn the pride of potential danger. So a lion, when he sees something going wrong, if there's danger around, if there's intruders, he will let out a roar and it will let everybody in the pride know, uh-oh, something's not right. We are in danger. And folks, I believe this speaks to us as believers that we are supposed to be God's warning system to our loved ones, to our neighborhoods, our communities, our nation, and the globe. We are to be the voice, the lighthouse that points them to safety and warns them of eternal judgment. That's our job. Our roar, our boldness should be used to rescue people out of the hands of Satan himself. Our roar, our boldness should be used to bring people out of the clutches of hell so that one day when they die, they don't have to spend eternity separated from God, is which what hell is what hell means. They can spend it with Jesus, but you know what? Somebody's got to warn the world of the impending danger. And guess who God the Father has entrusted to do that? You and I. That's part of what our roar is for. But in today's Christianity, Christians have lost their roar. They're not making the noise. They're not letting out the warning cry. 
Statistics have said that the average Christian has never led anyone to Jesus. We simply get saved, clean up our life, and go to church. You've lost your roar if that's your life. You've lost that boldness. And let me tell you something. God wants to use your roar to warn the world of impending dangers, of things that are coming. He wants to use your roar to warn your kids that a life without Christ isn't a life at all. He wants to use your voice to warn your family members that if you choose to live a life not pleasing to the Lord, there are things on the other side of that that will destroy you. And as I'm saying this right now, I'm thinking of Christians that say, well, pastor, I try, but nobody's listening. Maybe it's because you're telling them with no roar. You've lost your roar. What is that roar? You've lost your confidence, your boldness. You've lost it. And so most Christians just try to get through life, get through their work day, get through school without bothering anybody, without ruffling any feathers. And in doing that, I believe we're moving away from one of the reasons God has given us a roar so that through the sharing of the gospel, people can be rescued from danger that's coming. Look at Romans chapter one, verse 16. I love what it says here. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greeks. What is he saying here? He's saying, you can't take my roar. I will not be ashamed. I will not be silenced. Why? Because the gospel, the good news saves people. It saves people. Why would we be intimidated into a corner to lose our roar when it could be that roar that lets somebody know that danger is coming? I've said it like this all along. Listen, I'm happy to go to heaven. I'm ecstatic about spending eternity with Jesus. I just don't want to go alone. I don't want to go alone. And I've made it my life's mission to take as many people with me to heaven. Why? A couple reasons. Because it's the first thing, of course, is I want to please my father. But the second thing is because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. How could you call yourself a friend to somebody but never share with them the gospel, the good news? Oh, you're their friend, but you're going to allow them to go down a life of darkness without God? Oh, oh, your family, that's your boy, that's your girl, that's your homie. But you're afraid to share Jesus with them? Come on, man. You've lost your roar. Let's get it back. Let's get that thing back. Let me give you another scripture, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Jesus tells us this. Now, wherever you go, reading it to you in the Passion Translation. Now, wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just stop right there. He doesn't say, now, wherever you go, pastors, evangelists, teachers, prophets, uh, uh, apostles. Now, you know who he's speaking this to? Christ followers. Christ followers. 
disciples, you. He says, wherever you go, make disciples. That means when you go to work, make disciples. That means when you go anywhere you go to the gym, you have the ability to influence people, to share the good news. Wherever you go, make disciples of all nations. And then it says, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you and never forget that I'm with you every day, even to the completion of this age. Why is Jesus telling us to do this again? Because he wants to partner with his sons and daughters. God the Father wants to partner with his sons and daughters for a rescue mission. Who are we rescuing? God's children. Now imagine parents out there, if you lost a child, how frantic you would be. What you would do, you would call everybody you knew. You would call all your family members and friends and you'd say, please help me find my child. And that's what God the Father has done. Will you willfully say yes to the Father and help use your roar to warn others of impending danger? Because that's what lions do. But not only lions, that's what disciples do. And too many of us have gotten away from using our roar to help others. John 15, 16, also in the Passion Translation says this, you didn't choose me, but I've chosen and commissioned you to go into the world and to bear fruit. And your fruit will last because whatever you ask of my father for my sake, he will give it to you. And part of that fruit, guys, part of that harvest is the harvest of souls that you and I have been commissioned to go out and rescue, to go out and bring them back to the Father. But guess what? You can't do it without a roar. You can't do it without being bold for Christ. And some of you are trying and you got what I call a weak witness. Nobody's listening because you ain't living it. Your witness is weak because you go to church, but nothing about you has changed. You don't have a roar. Well, guys, let's get it back because the stakes are very high and people you love need to know, they need to be warned what a life without Christ will produce in this lifetime and of course in eternity. Let me give you one more scripture. 1 Corinthians 1, 20 through 21, it says this. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. How will they hear without a preacher? How will they hear without a believer that is not afraid to boldly proclaim the love of Jesus Christ? Come on, let's get our roar back. Amen. So that's number two. A lion roars to uh, let the pride know of impending danger. And we roar to let people know of the danger of living without Christ. Number three, the third reason. We've got two more now. That the third reason 
that a lion roars. You ready for this? A lion roars because it's a demonstration of power among other males. That's what, that's, that's, that's what zoologists have said, that it's a demonstration. It's a sign to other males of their authority. Remember, it can be heard for up to five miles away. That speaks of authority. That's letting everything know that I'm here. Well, this speaks of how our lifestyle should be. When we, when we roar, it is a demonstration. Look at Joshua 1.9. You read the book of Joshua and Joshua is about to take the promised land. Just like you're about to take your promised land. The word of the Lord comes to him and it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Translation, didn't I tell you to be bold in your roar because I'm with you? You know what that means? Live boldly for Christ. And your bold witness lets everybody know that God is with you. Too many Christians, man, we're just trying to squeak by unnoticed. We don't want to ruffle feathers. No, be bold in your expression for your love for God. Your praise should be bold. Your prayers should be bold. Your witness should be bold. Your generosity should be bold. Your kindness should be bold. Why? Because it lets everything around you know in the natural and in the spirit that God's with you. God wants to bless you with confidence. Because remember, that's what we're talking about. That's one of the definitions of boldness. You have great confidence. Your confidence is going to let everybody know that God is with you. And there's many of you out there watching right now. You've lost your confidence. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. It says, do not cast away your confidence or your boldness or your roar. Because it has great reward. Ooh, highlight that in your Bible. Confidence brings great reward. Your roar brings you great reward. Now, how, how do I get that? How do I get, it's often said, how do I get my swag back? How do I get that? Well, listen, <clears throat> you get it back through knowledge. I said it last week. Knowledge is power. People didn't know who KRS-One was. Give me some love in the comments. Some of my OGs out there used to be a rapper named KRS-One. Knowledge rules supreme over everyone. And he would say all the time in his lyrics, knowledge is power. And it is. Knowledge of the scriptures increases your roar. Write that down. Knowledge of the scriptures increases your roar. It increases your confidence. And your confidence will bring with it great reward. And that's why Jesus said, that's why the scriptures tell us, in everything you do, do it boldly. Because it's a testimony when you do that. And like a lion demonstrates that he has authority through his roar, you demonstrate God's with you through confidence and boldness. Now listen, I realize some of us in our upbringing, we've been taught to just be quiet 
Or maybe life has been so hard on us and we've taken L after L. We have low self-esteem. We, have, we don't believe in ourselves and all these things. Guys, this is why I preach like I do to you. Because we need to shake you out of the lies that Satan has told you for 20 years, for 15 years, for 30 years, that you're nothing, that you're not smart, that you'll never make it. I got to shake you out of that and tell you that the Bible says things about you that are true. You just don't know it yet. The Bible says that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The Bible says that God will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory. The Bible tells you that God is on your side. Hold your head up high. The more you learn about the scriptures and the more you jump into those things, you will gain your roar. Oh, come on, somebody. And you need to join us on Bible study on Thursday nights at 6. Uh, my wife does a Bible study every morning for the members of Elevate Life Church. It's discipleship at 7 a.m. And it's something they can listen to while they're getting ready for work or driving to work or whatever they're doing. But you can't afford to just sit back and not learn the scriptures and then walk around with low self-esteem. God wants you to have a roar because it demonstrates to others there's something different about you. God's with you. Amen. And the last thing, the last thing I want to leave you with, number four, zoologist says that a lion roars to govern, to govern. Now, what does that mean? It's been said that a roar of a lion can be used to stop fighting amongst its pride. When the other lions are fighting and they're restless, the alpha male will get up and he will roar. And when he roars, all the other males fall into line. They immediately stop fighting. See, what is this? Your roar is used to put things in order. There's an authority there that a lion uses his roar to put his pride in order. You need to use your roar to put your life in order. Oh, come on, somebody. Look at Ephesians chapter four, verse 15 says this. This speaks of boldness, keeping order through your witness and the way you live. But speaking the truth in love, may you grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. What is Ephesians saying here? You've got to be bold in getting your life in order, your witness in order. In other words, it's time in America we put aside sloppy Christian living where we just walk around and just be like, well, I ain't perfect. God ain't done with me yet. I, I get the essence of that. But too many times it's used as an excuse to not change, to hang on to something that is not pleasing to God, to keep your ad ugly attitude or your fear or your anger. And when we blow it, we just go, oh, well, well, God's not, he ain't finished with me yet. No, listen, use your boldness. Let's get that witness in order. Let's remove stuff. Let's put things in order. Let's use boldness to finally say no to things that you need to say no to and say yes to things that you need to say yes to, to get your life in order. Now, let me give you a, a nugget of truth right here. And I want you to write this down. Order is established through submission to authority. Order is established through submission 
to authority. Remember, a lion roars to put things in order. It's a demonstration of his authority. But you have no authority unless you're under authority. And all authority comes from God. Can I just give you a tip in life? Wherever you're at in school, on the job, in your family, in your marriage, in your church, find out who the authorities are and submit to them. Serve them. Because whenever you serve and submit to authority, God takes it as if you're serving and submitting to him. And you know what that does? That gives me authority in my roar. James chapter 4 verse 7 puts it clearly like this. It says there, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, as I'm closing, I got to put this in order for you. See, most Christians trying to resist the devil. It's not working. Some of us are trying to get the devil to just leave us alone, and it ain't working. You want to know why? Because you miss the first part. Submit to God. How do I submit to God? God is found in authority. The authority of the scriptures. The authority of any organization. The authority of our country. When you submit yourself to the authorities that are over you, God always takes it as you submitting to him. Now flip that for a minute. When you resist authority, God takes it as you resisting him. We're over here yelling at the devil, screaming, devil, get off of this, get off of my family. You're roaring, but it really ain't a roar and nothing's changing. But how do we restore your roar? Let's get you under some authority. Find some authority in your life. Who's the boss at your job? Submit to him. Quit talking bad about him. Yeah, but pastor, I don't like it. Hey, it doesn't, if you don't like any of the things they're doing, pray for them. But don't you dare resist them. Because in order to have authority, you got to be under authority. And the greatest authority of all that you need to bring yourself under is the authority of God's word. <laughs> How do you expect for demons to flee when you speak to them when you're not under the authority of heaven? You're not submitted to his word. We're going to talk more about that in the weeks to come. But can I pray for you right now? Because these are the four reasons a natural lion has a roar. And I believe these are the reasons that you need a roar. And without this roar, life can be tough. And even though you've been coming to church all these years, maybe this is why the devil is eating your lunch, because you've lost your roar. Maybe this could be why there's so much havoc in your family. Let's get your roar back. Father, I pray right now for everybody watching this today. And I ask, Lord God, through the anointing and by the Spirit, that the word that I've sowed into their heart would take root. And they would begin to live out. And they would be challenged. They wouldn't just say, oh, that was a good word. Father, they would do everything they can to get this word in their heart and then use it to live out, to change. And Father, as they do, as they make the necessary changes... May authority in their roar, in their boldness, in their confidence come back to them. And may they see the blessings that comes with the roar. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
and amen. Listen, we have services now on Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. All you have to do is go over to our website and you can register because it is still limited capacity as we're following all the guidelines from the state and everybody has to wear a mask and those things. But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you need to get to the church house so we can help you. Nobody can serve God by themselves. It wasn't even destined for it to be like that. We need each other. We need the body. We need community. And if you need a prayer, please message us, inbox us, leave a comment, and we'll connect with you. Somebody from our prayer team will connect with you. We'd love to help you find new life in Jesus Christ. Amen. I think that this is your way of telling me something. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the Word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store. And you can continue to get Word every week from Elevate Life Church.